0: ESPN. This is Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And we're getting you set tonight with all the wagering and fantasy information you need for the NBA, MLB, golf. Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet L.A. with Anita Marks right now.
1: That's right. It is Bet LA, and uh, man, what a night it has been! History in the making, uh, and we've got Tyler and Rebecca who are producing the show. Uh, we're we're going to dive into, of course, and recapping this NBA draft and 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 how it relates to uh, to gambling. We've got a few of the, the best in the business who are going to be joining us. Uh, in the next hour and 45 minutes from P.J. Carlissimo uh, and, and, of course, Eric Moody and Andre Snellings who, uh, who pride themselves on the NBA and covering the NBA and talking about it in the gambling platform as well as Bobby Marks, uh, former executive. So uh, a few things. And, and, again, Tyler and Rebecca, do you guys feel like Victor Wimpanyama getting drafted number one overall? No surprise there to the Spurs which by the way just I want you to marinate in this for a minute before I pose the question. So it was such a lock that Wimby was going to go to the Spurs at one that he was fav- that that the odds makers it was 20,000 to 1. So just to put that in perspective, okay, for those folks out there who 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 kind of roll with this kind of change. If you were to put a million dollars down that Wimby was going to be selected number 1 overall to the Spurs, you'd win a Five thousand dollars for every million dollars you put down. So think about that. For if you were to put ten million do- dollars down, you would get fifty thousand dollars back. If you were to put a hundred million dollars down, you would get five hundred thousand dollars back. Now, obviously, the odds are not in your favor. Take a line from a movie we all know. But the, but but the, like. I said this earlier this week. There's three things in life that are that that are act that that are just you could bank on that are absolute death taxes and Wimby going to the Spurs. So I pose this question to you guys. If you rolled in that kind of money and you had a hundred million dollars to blow, knowing that your return would be five hundred thousand, would you lay it? Knowing, heading into tonight, that Wimby would be Number one overall going to the Spurs. Would you even think a second about laying $100 million down to only get 500000 in return?
0: Well, first of all, good evening. Hi. How are you? Uh, Hi. Definitely, if I had the money, because it mm-hmm. was almost a certainty, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't play it, knowing full well that when San Antonio won the draft lottery, it was essentially a deadlock, like you said. That Wemby was going to go to San Antonio. So yes, if I had the money, it would have been a no-brainer.
1: But you know, there's people out there that are like, Anita, you're ridiculous. A hundred million dollars, and all you're getting back is five hundred thousand. I can make an investment on a on a real estate property and and, and you know and and have a better return. Uh, yeah, uh, of course you can. Uh, that's that's why I think this conversation is interesting because it's it's not investing in real estate. Um it is it is placing a wager on something that was um 99.9999999% accurate that it was going to happen like death and like taxes. Rebecca, any thoughts on this if you had 100 million dollars to blow knowing that your return would only be 500,000 on that hundred million, would you lay it? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, the, the voice of reason, the, the the one intelligent person. She's the only one among uh, this in the that room has a hundred
0: million dollars to wager, anyway.
1: So that makes sense. Because <laughs> I would lay it. Anyway, uh, so do you guys like, I, I feel like, I feel like we witnessed history tonight. Do do you, do you get like, do you feel like we're going to be looking back? Because let's be honest, all the analysis on, on Wimby right now is uh, like otherworldly, like potentially could be better than, uh, LeBron James, better than Kobe, better than, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, better than, um, Kareem, better, better, like, like, just the analysis here is that this young man very well could be maybe the greatest ever play standing at seven, four, seven, five in sneakers, an eight foot wingspan, um, a giant who plays like, you know, a, a wing man has unbelievable handle just is, is smooth, has a flawless jumper Incredible footwork for somebody who's seven four, shoots threes. And like he's young. Yeah, like like money. He's a great passer. Like I said, like so so everything that I'm hearing, you know, fluid. He's like he's like Katie, but with a growth spurt. He's like how we see right like so how we see we see Katie right now and then over all of a sudden like you know that dude in in, in high school. Remember that dude in, in high school, Rebecca? That like all of a sudden like he had this guy growth spurt and all of a sudden he like he was 5'10 and all of a sudden like the summer goes by he comes back it's his senior year and now he's like 6'4 and you're like what happened oh that must have been really painful well also you're like hmm looking good (laughs) (laughs) okay okay that too that too uh but I, and, and and I just shared with you all the things offensively, defensively, blocking shots, rim protector, all the things. Now, here's here's what we're not hearing. Okay, here's what we're not hearing. He is an outlier in regards to the way that he's able to move and and, and he does have a very thin frame. There's no denying that. But somebody guys that are 7'4, seven, 7'5, seven, typically anybody who's over 7 feet They're typically injury prone. Yep. Because they're so they're like they're like a baby giraffe. Exactly. Right? And and they're so and they're so gangly in in a way, if that's the right word I'm using. So there's an injury concern there. He's already had an issue with his fibula, his scapula, and his back. And here's another thing dudes that are this big and have that type of wingspan typically get into foul trouble.
0: And turnover problems, no?
1: Um, turnover problems, but because of his athleticism and the way his footwork and the way that he can handle the ball, I don't, I don't know if that is a red flag based on everything that I've read, but foul trouble and injury concerns, especially for athletes in the NBA that are over seven feet, but we're not talking about that, right? We're talking about all the things that are wonderful and fantastic and amazing, about Wimby and and listen I'm stoked I'm excited I think this is going to be interesting I also think it's going to be really interesting to see how the Spurs utilize him this season is he going to get you know 30-35 minutes uh every night you know expect you know on occasional nights that they'll use load management for what I don't know I'm not expecting the Spurs to win the NBA championship next year but nonetheless we very well could have witnessed um really history in the making and, 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 and if this this young man turns out to be all the things plus more, um, this might be a night where, you know, we're sitting back and going, oh, I remember I remember that Thursday night uh, I was home. I was at a local watering hole and, and I remember the Spurs drafting him. So very, very interesting. Uh, let's circle back. Let's keep it here in our own backyard uh, in regard to L.A. and what what the Lakers were able to do. So how did the draft unfold? Uh, Victor went one, Brandon Miller went two, Scoot Henderson went three, which by the way, that was a bet, a wager that I lost. I thought Scoot Henderson would go two. You could have gotten that at plus money. Boy, was I wrong. I think that the Charlotte Hornets were wrong in drafting Brandon Miller. I think Scoot Henderson really should have been the play there, but you know what? I, I don't get paid the big bucks uh, as these general managers do. So only time will tell, but I will be paying a lot of attention To the next three to five years and how these two uh, men uh, mature and develop in the NBA, and and see if I was right or if I was wrong. And then, of course, the Thompson twins go four and five. Uh, One, Amin Thompson, goes to the uh, Houston Rockets, and uh, Osir Thompson uh, goes to the Detroit. Uh, the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I want to say Lions. My head is still <laughs> in in NFL mode. Thank you very much, Tyler. So, um, so that was really interesting. The Twins go one and two, and then Anthony Black goes before. This is another wager I lost tonight. So you're, you're probably going Anita. You lose all these wagers. Why are we even listening to the show? Well, I did pick Denny McCarthy to win the travelers. And Oh, by the way, he's 10 under, he shot a 60 today. So, so there's that. Um, so it's interesting. You know, when I tell people like, Hey, what do you do for a living? I work for ESPN. Oh, what do you do? What do you cover? Well, I just, I tell people how to gamble. Really? What should I gamble on? Well, here's the thing. Like people don't realize, like if you are around 56 or 57% at the end of the year, you're winning. Like, you know, I always say this odds makers are the smartest people in the room. They know stuff that we don't. And so if you are at least at 56, 57, 58%, God bless you. You're winning money. We can't be right all the time. And I'm very transparent. I will not BS you. I will tell you what I'm winning, and I will tell you when I have lost. And I lost, I lost on this. I thought that uh, Taylor Hendricks would go before Anthony Black, and that did not happen. Uh, but what did the Lakers do? At 17, they drafted Jalen Hood Shafino. He's a 6'7 point guard from Indiana. Will he have an immediate impact? That's the big question mark. Great size, shot maker, great passer, tough on defense, and probably has the most upside of any guard in the NBA. And then in the second round, as we know, the Lakers traded with the Indiana Pacers. So the Lakers got the 40th pick, which was Maxwell Lewis, a strong forward, 6'7 from Pepperdine, uh, 47% Shooter from the field, 26% from three. He's fluid, he's got long arms, and he is a shot creator. So that's what the Lakers did this evening. When we come back, P.J. Carlissimo is going to uh, share with us what can we anticipate uh, with the Spurs now that they have the unicorn, uh, the otherworldly, as we call him, Wimby. That next, you're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. Right now, let's get back to
0: Bet L.A. and back to Anita Marks.
1: All right. Andre Snellings is joining us now on Bet L.A. Doing an even more recap of the NBA draft. And we've got to start, of course, with uh, Victor Wimbenyama. Um a.k.a. Wimby, as, of course, we're going to call him probably for the remainder of his career, going number one overall to the Spurs. No surprise there. Uh, two-part question. Number one, what are your expectations for him this season, okay, uh, with the Spurs? And number two, odds of him winning Rookie of the Year are minus 225, Is that worth a play to you or is there somebody else out there now that we know where these young men have been drafted, where they're going to go, how potentially they will be utilized, that you feel there is a better play? What say you? So,
0: I mean, we're talking about a guy that the disagreement is whether he's the greatest prospect since LeBron James, since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or in NBA history. Like, like that's the debate. Like, like there's there's no question in people's minds that he's the greatest prospect in at least the last fifteen or twenty years. So, I have to expect that he's going to hit the ground running. You know, he's a player that has you know all of the athletic attributes. He's seven five in shoes, and he's got crazy arm length, and he's great, got great agility. But he's also a player that was really productive um, as a professional, right? In his league in France, he was the the MVP of the league. I think they said he led the league in scoring rebounds and block shots or something. He knocks down the three, he can pass the ball and he's going to a Spurs team. that really didn't have much there. You know, they have a, a couple of players that are interesting, but he should be able to go in and from day one, get as much action as he can stand. So, I do feel like he should be the the clear runaway favorite for Rookie of the Year. I'm not one that loves to bet on big, you know, minus money. You know, what did you say? Minus 220? I mean, yeah, minus uh, 220. Minus 225, yep. Minus 225, yeah. I I don't tend to do that because I feel like, well, there's still a chance he gets injured or, you know, know, heaven forbid or or whatever like that. And so, you know, I I like to to bid long shots, but – I'm not betting anybody over him for Rookie of the Year because if he doesn't get hurt, he seems like the obvious pick.
1: Um, I'm actually, I like Scoot Henderson. And, and you know, I, I know we're going to get into uh, maybe some of the surprises that took place earlier this evening. I thought Scoot Henderson would be drafted number two overall uh, to the Hornets. And obviously it didn't happen. Brandon Miller went first. Scoot goes to the Portland Trailblazers. Interesting to see what they do of course, with Damian Lillard and whatnot. But Scoot Henderson at plus 350, I just, I feel like he just checks so many boxes, Dre, right? Like athletic, mm-hmm. can shoot, great defender, face of an organization, great basketball IQ, amazing wingspan. Like I, I just, and not to take anything away from Brandon Miller I just maybe I just favor Scoot Henderson a little bit more. So uh, for me I'm rolling a little bit more, not a little bit, but a lot more uh, towards Scoot Henderson. For <laughs> me that's 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 the um that's the sprint this year. Okay. The the, mar- the marathon obviously is Wimby. And I think there's no denying that he's going to eventually be, um, you know, a Hall of Famer. If we, of course, believe everything that the experts are saying and how otherworldly, unicornish that we can expect him to be in the next decade on. But with that being said, I just shared with you. I, I, I actually wagered that Scoot Henderson was going to be the number two overall pick. I lost that wager. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Was yeah. there Was what was What was your biggest surprise tonight in the draft?
0: Yeah, so I was one that, you know, on that particular one, I I really, I always thought that Brandon Miller was going to end up being the pick for Charlotte just because they have Lamelo ball, and I don't see him and Scoot as a good fit next to each other. I mean, maybe, but I always thought that Miller was the more uh, natural fit there. As far as big surprises for me, I think it might be um, that Whitmore, out of Villanova, Cam Whitmore, who started the night, he was the number four uh, rated best prospect on Jay Billis' list as I'm watching the draft, and he went 20th, you know, to the Rockets. And it was enough that a couple times during the draft they had to cut away and say, well, clearly something else is going on for him to be falling like this. And all the woes would say is that he had some bad interviews and and some of his um, one-on-one workouts didn't go as well as expected. But that just seems like such a big drop. You know, it puts me in mind of, of Tyrese Halliburton a few years ago when they thought he might be the number three or four pick, and he ended up going 11th. And that felt like a big drop. So to go from four to 20th, seems like the Rockets might have got some really good value there.
1: Yeah, I would say Andre Snelling's joining us here on 710 ESPN, recapping all that was the NBA draft. Let's spend the majority of our time talking about uh, the trades that went down, okay? And, and quite uh-huh. a few. And uh, and let's start first and foremost. Let's let's go a little bit further back um, and, and Beal being traded. Uh, your, your thoughts on on that trade and what he potentially could mean for the Suns joining forces with Katie and Devin Booker.
0: Yeah, the interesting thing to me with that deal. So really, and I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it more later, but both that deal and the Porzing- Porzingis to the Celtics was a team that had championship aspirations got better in a place that wasn't their weak spot, right? So with Beal going to Phoenix, they already had two excellent scorers in in KD and Booker, and what they really needed was what they gave up to get Durant, which was defensive players, you know, uh, 3 and D forwards, you know, guys that could fill in and in depth. Like they gave up all of their depth. And so – when I, when I saw them trade for Beal, especially they traded Paul for Beal, I was like, okay, that's a good move in the sense that uh, the rumors were that they were going to just cut Paul. And so instead they're able to get an a, a all-star caliber player in, in return. So I think that's a good thing. But, um, you know, the team itself, it still feels like they have so much that they need to do. And to me, the obvious odd man out is DeAndre Ayton, who is a scoring big man that doesn't have any shots, you know, even after Durant got there last year, he, he, he went from averaging almost 19 a game to like 11, a game over the games that Durant played. So you add deal to that. I don't see how he can be what, what he needs to be. And he seems like the only player that might have some value that they might be able to move to get some of the depth and defense that they need.
1: All right. Some other trades that we know happened and a big one this morning, and that's KP going to Boston. And with that deal, Marcus Smart goes to Memphis. I am more towards Marcus Smart going to Memphis. I'm, I'm more excited about that move than I am KP going to Boston. Are we on the same page there?
0: I can see that. So, you know, Memphis has wanted Marcus Smart for like years from what they're saying. And he seems like it was his manifest destiny to go there. Um, I, I heard someone bring up tonight, and it's true, he has a lot of similarities with Tony Allen, who was – Another kind of 6'4 combo guard, make great on-ball defender that, uh, you know, they had some similarities as college players. And in the pros, they went to the Celtics and then went to the Grizzlies. And Tony Allen was kind of the the heart of the, the grit-and-grind Grizzlies of, of that era. And I think their hope is that Marcus Smart will be the same, that while John Morant is out, he can run some point and, you know, do more offense-creating. But then he can also play next to, to uh to John Morant and Desmond Bain, maybe in like an upgraded version of the Dylan Brooks role. So I do think that that, that it can ultimately help the Grizzlies, though them giving up Tyus Jones is, is kind of being underreported. Like Jones was was a pretty solid uh uh point guard that they they had on the roster that they had to move. As far as KP to the Celtics, I the the take that I took from a, a betting perspective was that it might help Jason Tatum have a chance at the MVP because, you know, like I was just talking about with the Suns, the Celtics, their weak spot in the playoffs trying to win championships is that they don't have another creator. They, you know, they don't have like a floor general, somebody that can run the offense. They just kind of have Tatum and Brown running though. but and Przingis doesn't help with that. But what he helps with, I think is just the overall talent gap that the Celtics have. And in the regular season, that can be enough. They almost had the best record in the NBA this season. Getting poor Zingus if they're able to keep the rest of their core, I could imagine them having fairly easily the best record in the NBA next season. And if so, that might take Tatum from a top four MVP finish this season uh, into somebody that could truly compete for the award.
1: And last but not least, Chris Paul being traded to the Golden State Warriors. So what does that mean? I I believe that this is to free up some money so that they can absolutely positively bring Draymond Green back and not just just absolutely destroyed with the new, uh, of course, uh, collective bargaining agreement and, and, you know, all all that entails uh, in regard to, uh, you know, going over the cap and and whatnot. Um, Your thoughts on what? Chris Paul can, can do for this Golden State Warriors team next season.
0: Yeah, I agree with you entirely. Like to me, this trade was more about Draymond green than even Paul himself at this point in his career, because not only does it, you know, potentially free up some money for, for green because Poole just signed that four year, you know, big money extension. Whereas Chris Paul is, is, you know, I think what, he'll have one more year on his contract. So I I think that helps financially. But it's also just a culture thing, right? There was the question of w- are the Warriors going to win now or win for the future. They already traded Wiseman, the number two overall pick, a few years back. And so, like, they, they had taken steps towards the veterans. And the, but, you know, Poole versus Draymond, for obvious reasons, after that fight last year, that was kind of the question. You can't, it felt like you couldn't bring them both back. So by trading Poole and bringing in a veteran, and especially like a tough-minded veteran like Chris Paul, It seems to me like they're saying that the veterans won, that they're going to try to run it back with this core. And and if so, then Draymond Green has to be a part of that. So I feel like that means he'll be back as well.
1: So Dre, let's end on this. The Boston Celtics now with this trade with KP puts them as the favorite to win the NBA next season at plus four seventy five. Denver Nuggets at plus four seventy five as well. So maybe not the favorite, but equal uh, to the Denver Nuggets, which blows my mind. Uh, the Suns at seven to one now that CP that now that uh, Bradley Beal uh, joins their crew. The the Bucks at plus seven fifty. The Lakers come in at twelve to one. The 76ers 13 to 1. The Golden State Warriors at 13 to 1. The Miami Heat sitting there at 14 to 1 as well. And the Clippers throw them in again, since we're on the airwaves here in LA, 18 to 1. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies 25 to 1. So these are what the odds makers are, uh, are reacting to after the trades that have been made in the last you know few days. Your thoughts, I, I'm, I, I still am not sold on the Boston Celtics. I think Denver runs it back. I'll take them at plus 475. Uh, what are your thoughts here? If you were to go to the, the window on a futures bet on who's winning the NBA next year, the championship, who would it be?
0: Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. I'm not sold on the Celtics. I think, as I mentioned earlier, I tend to like to go a little bit longer odds uh, if possible. I think that the Bucks there's uncertainty you know chris middleton just opted out but i feel like they'll eventually get him back and 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 try to run a team that's championship worthy out there so the bucks with the third uh shortest odds that catches my eye not sold on the celtics not sold on the suns the nuggets are obviously in my eyes probably the favorite i do look at the lakers and the 76ers both in that plus 11 to 1200 range and the warriors because if they do um, bring back all their veterans and and they have Andrew Wiggins for a whole season they were the champs like 380 days ago so I, I could I could definitely see them having a, a chance to run it back and plus 1300 odds is, is of interest.
1: Dre thank you so much great stuff as always appreciate you my friend.
0: Thanks for having me I'll catch you next time.
1: You got it. Andre Snelling's joining us. Um, listen, not a lot going on right now in regard to our wide, wide world of sport, let alone gambling on it. But we're here to uh, recap the NBA draft and, and look forward to some of these futures bets. We still have Eric Moody. who's going to join us a little bit later on in the program. We heard from PJ Carlissimo. We're going to hear from Bobby Marks as well. So stay tuned. Still a lot more coming your way right here on 710 ESPN.
0: Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet L.A. and back to Anita Marks.
1: It is Bet L.A. Uh, not a lot to bet on <laughs> right now. I mean, I don't know about you. I just feel like, man, the NFL season can't get here fast enough, please. Uh, but regardless, uh, still an entertaining night tonight with uh, with the NBA draft happening. Uh, but also prior to the NBA draft, and I just touched on it briefly with uh, with Andre Snellings, and that is the trades that have gone down. As we know, really the big one that hit earlier this week is is Bradley Beal going to the Suns. So now you've got a big three in Phoenix with Katie and Devin Booker and Beal. I still, to me, it just doesn't move the needle. Because it's, if there's one thing that is evident, uh, that is maybe it's it's better to have a big two with a supporting cast as opposed to a big three with no supporting cast at all. Uh, the Suns right now, their odds to win the NBA championship is seven to one. I'm I'm not racing to the window to lay that. I'm just not. KD hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, Beal has not been able to stay healthy, so some health issues there, and uh, and of course we saw Devin Booker have some issues uh, this past season as well. So, uh, is exciting of a team that it's it's going to look and, and watch play this year. Uh, I am not running to the window to, to to take the Suns to win the championship at seven to one. Uh, the other, so so there is three other trades that went down. And well, quite a few trades have happened, but I'm talking about the big four and one that was uh, reported this morning. And so it's, it's KP, Christos Perzingis, being traded to the Boston Celtics. So what does this mean? So KP, um, Christos Perzingis, uh, will come in and, and, and I feel be part of a big three in regard to what the Boston Celtics need to do to improve their game in the paint. This is a Boston Celtics team, second best in the NBA in three-point shooting, but 23rd in uh, in points in the paint. And if they are going to try to win a championship or get to a championship uh, or win, because they're coming out of the East, potentially maybe going up against uh, Jokic in the Denver Nuggets again, they're going to have to get bigger. So this is, I think, a big reason why they went with size. Uh, but Horford is as late, he, late 30s 30, he's 37 he's ramping down he he can't sustain playing 30 minutes a night and you've got rob robert williams as well who's dealing with some knee, knee issues so obviously with the three three of these cats on the court obviously it makes boston bigger i'm sure they'll improve their offense and their shooting field their field goal shooting percentage in the paint but kp christos Persingis has only been able to stay healthy 58 percent of the time in the NBA, Rob Williams, 54%. Now, Horford has been able to stay healthy, but again, keep in mind he has, he just turned 37. So some big red flags for me in regard to this deal, okay? And then losing Marcus Smart, who to me was the energy, displayed the toughness, set the tone. I think losing Marcus Smart was a huge loss for this Boston Celtics team. I like Marcus Smart a lot, and this is why him going to the Memphis Grizzlies, to me, is a better deal, a better fit. Now they lose Tyus Jones. Morant is going to be suspended for 25 games. So now you've got Smart who could come in, handle the point, shot 45% from the field, 36% from three. And then when when Morant gets back, boy, what, what a great defense that is with him and Bain and Dylan Brooks. So for me... I'm more excited about Marcus Spartan going to Memphis than I am about KP going to Boston. And of course, right before the draft, news broke that Chris Paul was traded to the Golden State Warriors. He's 38. This is 19th season in the NBA. So does this move the needle for me? Somewhat. And this is why. CP3, sixth man off the bench, averaging 14 points, nine assists. Now also, I think it's going to be great when Steph Curry needs to take a breather. You know, Chris Paul is one of the most intellectual, like, like basketball IQ, one of the best. A great facilitator, right? But what happens is bringing him in and losing Jordan Poole, the Golden State Warriors now save a ton of money. And it frees up cap space because teams are going to be so uh, cap space bitten in regard to the new rules in the NBA, that it frees up the money for the Golden State Warriors to bring back Draymond Green because he opted out, who to me is key, absolutely key in their transition offense and a great defender. And he sets the tone, very much how I believe Marcus Smart would set the tone for the Boston Celtics. So I do like this trade. I do like CP3 going to the Golden State Warriors, but only if it solidifies the Golden State Warriors bringing Draymond Green back. That, that's kind of, that's, that's my take on CP3. But, but four really big trades that happened this week heading into the NBA draft. Again, the Celtics, along with the Nuggets, favored to win the championship next year at plus 475. The Suns at 7-1. to The Lakers at 12-1. to The Golden State Warriors at 13-1. to Just FYI. Uh, We come back, we kick off hour number two. We'll hear from PJ Carlissimo next. You're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN.